It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Broadcasting from coast to coast. City to city, coast to coast. It's time for the Ryan Hickey Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. If it's happening in sports, it's being talked about right here. And here's your host, Ryan Hickey. Good Thursday morning. Welcome into the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It is the Ryan Hickey Show right with you here until 11 a.m. Eastern. And because you you can hear me, I'll get this right out of the way right now. I know a lot of you are interested. No, I did not get in on the GameStop stock. I did not get in on AMC. And unfortunately, I did not double, triple, quadruple my worth like uh, some people have the past few days. So missed out on that phenomenon. So instead, I'll be right with you here on the Worldwide Sports Network for the next two hours. Talking a lot of sports. And if you're listening to this show, I'm sure maybe you are in the same boat as me. Not capitalizing on GameStop. Because honestly, if I hit, if I was able to retire, whew, go to an island, maybe the beach. Probably throw away my phone and just... Call it a call it a life. Call it a uh, call it a career for sure. That'd be uh, that'd be the ultimate dream. But we are not that lucky. We are not maybe I guess that smart, not that forward thinking. So instead, we are with you here for the next two hours on the Worldwide Sports Network. Hopefully, an exciting, fun, entertaining show to get you geared up for uh, for the weekend. Get you a little bit closer to that weekend. As a reminder, we're always coming to you live from the Big Italy Pizza Studios with its great pizza, hot heroes, and phenomenal dinners. Check out Big Italy Pizzeria in person in Medford. Joe's Pizzeria in Bayshore, or online wherever you are at BigItalyPizza.com. I'll get this out of the way now. Yes, it is a new look. Taking my health into my own hands. No big deal. Am I a hero? I really can't say, but yes. These are some blue light glasses. These are not some fagazi fashion, you know, fake glasses. Uh, try to look cool. Figured, you know, staring at a computer screen here for two hours. Staring at a computer screen for four or five, six hours at work, maybe I'll save my eyes. Maybe I'll go a little preventative measure. It's just me getting old, absolutely. We'll see how this goes. So any jokes, feel free. Open season, open rain, do whatever you got to do. Um, on Facebook, Worldwide Sports Network, Twitter, WWSRN underscore radio, at Ryan Hickey Show as well. If you want to comment and chime in some jokes, feel free. If you want to uh, chime in on any of the topics we have for the next two hours, feel free to do so on those same platforms as well. Hopefully... I think pretty good show for you guys. A lot to talk about. Monday, we talked about Aaron Rodgers. Personally, I thought his time in Green Bay was done. I thought we saw the last of Aaron Rodgers in a Green Bay Packers uniform. After that, let's call it cryptic post-game press conference, in which he alluded to his future in Green Bay being uncertain. First time we've really heard Aaron Rodgers openly question whether he'll be a Packer. Obviously, as we know, they drafted Jordan Love. Um, in the first round last year, and that obviously started the, the clock on Aaron Rodgers' time in Green Bay. And since that post-game press conference, since the show on Monday, Aaron Rodgers has come out on the Pat McAfee show basically saying, oh, you know, don't listen to that. I have no reason to believe I won't be in Green Bay. Mark Murphy, the president of the Packers, came out and said we'd be idiots if we traded Aaron Rodgers. I hear that. And I'll go the Will Ferrell from Anchorman. I don't believe you. 920. Why it would be in the best interest for Green Bay to trade Aaron Rodgers. That's right. The best interest of Green Bay. I'll explain my thinking there in just about 15 minutes or so. Another quarterback question. 
This time on the West Coast, the Gold Coast, the best coast, depending on who you talk to. Jared Goff and the Los Angeles Rams, their future is even in more question than Aaron Rodgers' future in Green Bay. Oh, my goodness. I'll play some sound from their general manager, Les Snead, because especially if you're a sportsman, you've heard the classic cliches. You know the coach speak. You know how these guys 95% of the time um, in these press conferences don't say anything. They answer the questions as little as possible in order to not create any headlines, not create any drama. Well, in Los Angeles, between Sean McVay and now Les Snead, they are doing the total, total opposite. And, man, Jared Goff's future looks uh, uncertain in Los Angeles. We'll get to that. Matthew Stafford, we didn't get to that Monday, but over the weekend, his, um, him and the Lions both mutually agreed that they will part ways. It is best for the organization to start over with a new quarterback. It's best for Matthew Stafford to get a chance and an opportunity to try to win. Outside of Detroit, so he'll be traded. Is he the missing piece? For a Super Bowl contender. Can he do what Tom Brady did in Tampa Bay? Be the final addition to lead a team to the Super Bowl. We'll discuss Tennessee. Vols have a new head coach, Josh Heupel. Their success on the field comes down to one thing. It's something Josh Heupel can do. And finally, I want to do touch on the Baseball Hall of Fame. No, um, no candidates this year were elected into the 2021 class. Um, I'll tell you why. Personally, I would put Barry Bonds, Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens in. I would personally. But that is not something I'm fired up about. I am more concerned about something bigger than that What's going to happen next year. I'll discuss that at 1040 to end the show. But we do want to start the show here with some breaking news that happened last night. A, a rarity right here on the Ryan Hickey Show. Breaking news happened, happening leading into the show. Usually, as luck goes, at 11.30 a.m. on either Monday or Thursday, some big news happens. Usually, the, the furthest point away from when we are on the air next is when some big news happens. So, we got kind of lucky here. A rarity for the Ryan Hickey Show right here on the Worldwide Sports Network. That's a breaking news happened last night that we can talk about that's very timely this morning, and that is the Houston Texans. The last team to hire a head coach has done so. They have hired David Culley, the Ravens passing game coordinator this past season, a veteran of the game. He is 65 years old, a record breaker with this hiring because he is the oldest first-time head coach ever hired in the NFL at 65. Never had any head coaching experience before. A very long-time um, assistant through many organizations with many teams. Now, look, uh, obviously, I have some thoughts on this hiring. But I'm going to be straight with you. I'm not going to pretend I know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to put up a front. I'm not going to put up, you know, this imagination uh, or this false um, confidence that I know everything about David Cully. That I even heard of him before two weeks ago. Yeah, actually, you know I don't think I've even heard him before last week. Journeyman assistant, been around the league, never even been a coordinator, so never been one of those guys that you can honestly um, hear about, talk about, and know what he what he can bring to a team. But from what I've read the past 12 hours or so since the news broke, from, from accounts, um, from... Reporters, well-respected reporters, when they've talked to people who are in the know with David Culley, I am starting to like this hire more and more for the Texans. Now, I'm gonna. This is gonna be a little bit of a stretch here with, with analogy, so work with me here. Maybe, just maybe, the Texans hiring David Culley could be what GameStop has been to some of these Reddit investors, right? Obviously, this is a stock that's been down, 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 down. 
bunch of people said, you know what, we're just going to buy it up. We're going to screw those guys who are betting that this stock is going to fail. They've bought in. If you bought in low, man, you are really, really sitting pretty right now. Maybe that same thing could happen here in Houston. Because David Culley, again, has been a, a guy who's been in the league for almost 30 years as, as an assistant. Bounced around with a bunch of different organizations. Never even been a coordinator. So he's been passed around, passed around, passed around. Or passed over, I should say. Passed over, passed over. Now he's getting a shot. Maybe this could be just enough to where now that he finally has a shot, he can have real success. Here are a few reasons why I think he can have success and why the Texans actually made the right move here. At least it sounds like from what I've read. Despite the fact that no one's heard of him, including myself, a week ago, five days ago. And there's a lot of unknown, obviously, especially with Deshaun Watson as quarterback. So I'll say this. Whoever the Texans hired, whoever it was, Eric Bieniemy, Josh McDaniels, or in this case, David Culley, you needed to hire a head coach that could gain the respect of the entire team. Obviously, Deshaun Watson is the focal point in this head coaching search because... The head coaching candidate, the, the head coaching choice, could potentially have a big impact and a big say and a sway of whether Sean Watson truly will force a trade from the Texans or maybe he'll stick around and try to figure it out with the front office and try to build a winner down there in Houston. But when you hear reports, especially ESPN's Chris Mortensen, basically saying that no matter who Houston hired, it didn't matter. It wouldn't change Deshaun Watson's feelings on whether he wanted to stay or go. Whether that was Eric Bieniemy, or whether that was, in this case, David Culley. So it's important, at least from my perspective, that the Texans hired someone that could gain the entire respect and trust from the team, not just Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Watson. Because if you hired somebody that their main focus was just trying to keep Deshaun Watson there, trying to keep Deshaun Watson in town and prevent him from being traded, and guess what? That doesn't work. All of a sudden, you're behind the eight ball now with a head coach that maybe isn't the right fit for the team. Couldn't already get a job done in the most difficult circumstances and trying to keep Sean Watson in town. So I like that the Texans went with a hire, went with a decision that, hey, whether Deshaun Watson is here or not, we got to get a guy that can resonate with the entire organization. We need to get a guy that players can believe in. They can trust. Because apparently... Or I should say, according to these reports you read, and according to reporters now that are, are putting information out there about David Culley, some of the biggest strengths of his personality, of, of his coaching acumen, is his ability to connect with players. He's a great motivator. He has a ton of energy, and he's a positive culture creator. Connector with players, great motivator, a lot of energy, positive culture creator. What does that sound like the opposite of? What does that sound like the antithesis of the previous head coaching regime down there in Houston? Right? I mean, Deshaun Watson, in the final press conference he gave, which I believe was week 17, right after they, they lost their final game to the Titans, he was asked, Deshaun, what do you want to see in your next head coach? He said, we want a leader. We want someone that we can follow. We want someone that can create a positive culture here in Houston because, really, the past few years, it's been anything but that. It's been chaotic. The culture has been downright awful. A lot of backstabbing. A lot of distrust. So now, at least, you bring someone in that, in his almost 30 years of the NFL, 
is billed as a positive culture creator. As someone who can connect with players, despite being 65 years old, despite having that almost 40-year age gap with most, with most players, he still is able to find a connection with them. So at least to me, that is one of the, the positives that come out of this hiring. Now, sure, we don't know his name. Sure, he's not an Eric Bieniemy. It's not a sexy hire. But the qualities and the traits that he brings is necessary to Houston to try to turn this thing around. What they did with the, with the GM hiring and the process especially wasn't great at all. If anything, well, obviously, if anything, it did. It forced a divide between Deshaun Watson and the organization because he did not trust them. So at least bringing someone in that could try to gain the trust of the players and prevent this thing from going totally south, whether Deshaun stays or not, I think that's a good way to go hire somebody. Not to mention, the other thing that I like about David Kelly is I mentioned, almost 20, uh, almost 30 years, he's been a head coach, or I'm sorry, he's been an assistant coach in the NFL for 27 years. A large majority of that was with Andy Reid, both in Philly, Kansas City for 18 years. Most recently, Coach of the Ravens. Philly with Andy Reid. Kansas City with Andy Reid. Baltimore with John Harbaugh. Those are winning organizations. Those are organizations that year in and year out consistently do the right things to win. And you, when you are with NFL franchises for over 27 years, you know what works, what doesn't work. You learn from Andy Reid. You see what Andy Reid did to help Garner success both in Philly and Kansas City. You worked under John Harbaugh, who has a very consistent culture, and the Ravens have been a steady winner year in and year out. You at least come into this job, despite having no head coaching experience, you have an idea from watching leaders before you. You know what works, what doesn't work. What philosophies work, what philosophies don't work. What good ownership looks like, what bad ownership looks like. I think that's going to work well for David Culley down there in Houston because they need a lot of help. Cal McNair as an owner has single-handedly butchered this entire situation. He has single-handedly almost, you know, we are one one more instance away from Deshaun Watson forcing a trade out there specifically because of the owner and the way he handled business. So you have an owner almost single-handedly driving the franchise quarterback out of town. you got to realize you come in there, hey, this is what works, this is what doesn't work. This is how we create a positive culture where players want to come to, not want to run, uh, run away from. So this, that's, to me, not knowing much about what David Kelly has done, but reading his attributes, reading his characteristics, his personality traits, and seeing what he brings to the team, to me, despite it being an out-of-the-box hire, despite it being you know a guy we've never heard of, I think this actually works well in Houston. I think this could actually work out to at least to at least at the bare minimum stabilize the franchise because this right now is the Titanic. They've hit the iceberg, the ship is leaking, and it is going down. You need someone to somehow prevent the Titanic from sinking. Just have it tread water. Don't have it be a total disaster. Just stay flatlined. And then maybe if he could serve as a bridge. And bring someone in that knows how to take a stable situation and take it to the top where they can start winning and make the playoffs again. And finally, for Texans fans that maybe are very upset about this hire, look in the mirror. You got to realize 
This is not an attractive job. If you wanted Eric Bieniemy, if that was your guy, guess what? If I was Eric Bieniemy, I would have turned this job down. I understand he is now high, uh, but he has interviewed for 15 jobs and has not gotten a single offer. So it's tough to tell somebody, hey, I know you've wanted me. I know you wanted me a head coach. I know you've interviewed multiple times for the last three years to be a head coach. You haven't gotten an opportunity. So it's tough to tell someone, hey, here's your first opportunity. Turn it down. But this situation is so toxic. This situation is so dire where I don't really see this organization with their new head coach turning around and having success enough to make the playoffs to keep his job. Like to me, David Culley is a great bridge to try to prevent this ship from sinking. There shouldn't be playoff goals with this hire. There shouldn't be Super Bowl aspirations. Hell no. This has to be, this right now is a five-alarm fire. How do we put it out? So if I'm Eric Bieniemy, yeah, I'm not wasting my first head coaching opportunity going, basically running into the fire and getting blamed when, you know, if you put it out, but the house isn't stable enough where you got to knock it down. Seems not going to the playoffs anytime soon. They will not have and should not have any Super Bowl aspirations anytime soon. So you got to realize, anyone that has some good head coaching uh, or, or is a hot coaching head coaching commodity, you don't want to go to Houston. That is where dreams go to die. So I like that the Texans, despite not knowing who this guy is, David Culley, I like the, the attributes they brought in here, the, the two strengths that he has, connecting with players and creating a positive culture, two things that the last head coaching regime led by Bill Bryan lacked severely, is what they prioritized. So considering the circumstances, I do like the hire. I think it'll have success in terms of trying to stabilize a franchise that right now is a sinking ship. Stabilizing it is the best opportunity right now. And that's why, at least I think, from all reports that you read, David Culley is a, is a, is a, good, is a, is a good opportunity, a good head coach to do that. So I'm curious your thoughts. You haven't heard of him. I haven't heard of him. What do you think? Is it... Is it Early too early to make a judgment. Can this be a guy hearing that he's a positive culture creator, a great motivator, able to connect with players? Can he be not a savior? Can he help turn this franchise around? Hey, more importantly, we'll keep it simple. Can he help keep Deshaun Watson in Houston? And it's going to be tough because I don't think personally any coach was keeping Deshaun Watson in Houston. I still believe I think he is gone. I think he'll be with a new team in 2021. I believe the report's saying that he, you know, no matter who the head coach was, they're not helping save Deshaun Watson and keeping him in Houston. So with that said, you got to get a head coach now, Watson or not, that can at least able to get this team going on the right track. Is David Culley, in your mind, the guy that can help keep Deshaun Watson in Houston? Facebook, Worldwide Sports Network, Twitter, WWSRN underscore radio, or on Twitter, at Ryan Hickey Show. Tweet me directly. You can write on the Periscope, write on the Facebook live stream. And when we come back, we talked about the discussion of why I thought in my mind Aaron Rodgers and the Packers were getting a divorce after what Aaron Rodgers said post-game. I have some new sound from Packers President Mark Murphy. And I'm going to make the case and explain to the Packers why it's in their best interest, the organization's best interest, to trade Aaron Rodgers this offseason. We'll talk about it next. It is the Ryan Hickey Show right here. 
on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It, it is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Welcome back to the Ryan Hickey Show, right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back into the Ryan Hickey Show with you right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, going till 11 a.m. Eastern. The Houston Texans hire David Cole. Who? Who? The latest uh, job uh, off uh, holding he had, Baltimore Ravens passing game coordinator. Which, if you want to take a quick look at the stats, <laughs> I feel bad to even mention this because I like I, I do I think reading more I do think this hire could work. But you now you just look out on the surface, David Cully coming over from Baltimore as their passing game coordinator, where the Ravens finished. Dead last in passing the football in 2020. Obviously, they're running team first. That has something to do with it. But just funny on the surface that, that yeah, that's kind of what the Texans would do. But because he is a positive culture creator from everything you hear, Andy Reid is a big advocate of David Culley. He has been a lifer. So despite having no head coaching experience, he's 65 years old, been around the league for 27 years. He knows what works and what doesn't work. So I truly think that he will have success in Houston in terms of, maybe not in terms of keeping Deshaun Watson in Houston, not in terms of making the playoffs. I think right now, David Culley, this hiring, will stabilize the franchise, and that is a huge win. Right? You can't right now have the Texan job, which is the Titanic. It is a sinking ship, so that's why anyone with any sort of, of that is popular in the head coaching world that could get a head coaching job next year, specifically Eric Bieniemy. It's wise for him to stay away because right now you do not want to hitch your wagons to that dumpster fire. So you can't go from the Titanic to making the playoffs in two years. This is going to require a lot of work. And I think that at least this hiring could, could get the Texans on the right page, stabilize the franchise, and have him be a bridge to then where another head coach with you know, some sex appeal, if you will, that, that could really take the team from decent to good to great to Super Bowl champion. That's when they come in. But first, you got to just get, you know, get back to even. Texans right now, Texans right now, big time in the red. So any thoughts? Facebook, Worldwide Sports Network. Twitter, WWSRN underscore radio. At Ryan Hickey Show. Also on Twitter. So I just posted this, this. If you're watching the stream, obviously you can see the question on there. Should the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers? There's been a lot of speculation, a lot of rumors swirling since really that infamous now post-game press conference where Aaron Rodgers said, "My future is uncertain." Specifically, uh, speaking of you know whether he's going to be back in Green Bay, that raised a lot of trade questions. And personally, I still believe Aaron Rodgers will not be on the Packers in 2021. Now, since he said those comments on Sunday, he's since gone on Pat McAfee's show and discussed that, hey, you know, this is just being overblown. I have no reason to think, despite the fact that I can't talk in absolutes, I have no reason to think that I won't be back in Green Bay in 2021. Well, Packers president Mark Murphy took it a step further. He was on WNFL radio in Green Bay on Monday evening. He was asked about the Aaron Rodgers trade speculation. Here's his answer. 
There's no way in heck <laughs> that Aaron is not going to be on the Packers. I mean, he's he is uh, going to be the MVP of the league. Might have had his best year ever. He's our unquestioned leader. And, you know, we're not idiots. We're not idiots. We aren't trading Aaron Rodgers, is what Mark Murphy is telling Packer Nation, telling Aaron Rodgers, telling everyone in the NFL. Back off, chill out, calm down. Aaron Rodgers is going nowhere. We'd be idiots if we traded him. Well, you know what? The more I think about it, the Packers would be idiots if they held on to Aaron Rodgers. Because in my mind, it is in their best interest to trade the league MVP of 2020 this offseason. I have three reasons why that would be smart for the Packers. Number one, the price, the return for an Aaron Rodgers trade will never be higher than it is right now this offseason. Murphy just hit on it. Aaron Rodgers is going to win the MVP this year, hands down, not a question. So he won the MVP, his third of his career, at 37 years old. This season, you heard Mark Murphy just say it, he had the best year of his career, arguably, and the stats back that up. 48 touchdown passes Aaron Rodgers threw this year, a career high. Completed 70.7% of his passes this season, a career high. His passer rating, 121.5, first in the NFL in 2020, the second highest passer rating in NFL history. NFL history. Career high in touchdowns. Career high completion percentage, the second highest passer rating in NFL history. At 121.5 is what Aaron Rodgers put up this year. So what is the haul going to be if a guy coming off a career year is on the trade market? Not to mention, let's just put the stats uh, for a second aside. He still has, at his current contract, Three reasonable years left at a salary that wouldn't crush a team. He's getting $22.3 million in 2021, $25.5 million the next two years after that. That's pretty damn good, considering Jared Goff, a guy who we'll talk about here in a few minutes, is getting $35 million. So would you rather have Jared Goff at 35 or you can get Aaron Rodgers, the MVP, for $10 million cheaper despite being exponentially better. So not only do you have a quarterback coming off a career year, not only do you have a quarterback price-wise is very manageable, what do we know about the NFL? The NFL is what? A copycat league. One team does something crazy. One team goes out on a limb, tries something wild. It works. What happens? Teams follow that lead. The Rams hiring Sean McVay at, I believe it was 32 years old when he was hired. No teams are hiring head coaches without experience. No team is hiring a head coach at that age. What happened? He had immediate success in Los Angeles. Boom. Next offseason, Matt LaFleur is getting hired. You had, um, um, oh my, I'm blanking now, on the Bengals head coach. Holy cow. Zach Taylor, holy smokes, my apologies. Zach Taylor, boom, he's getting hired. Now the next thing is finding that young, hotshot offensive coordinator to take over a team. Now youth is in. It's a copycat league. So why do I bring that up? Because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this offseason had a roster 
that was a quarterback away, as we know now, from competing and going to the Super Bowl. So what did they do? They brought in a 43-year-old Tom Brady, brought in a few other pieces to, to maximize his play, and are now playing for the Super Bowl. So if the Bucs could have success bringing a 43-year-old Tom Brady in and having him elevate the team enough to get to a Super Bowl, what else, because there is plenty of teams, the Colts, the Saints, the Steelers, the 49ers, that are a quarterback away from doing the same thing. So there is demand for a 37-year-old MVP quarterback. Teams say you could still have success with an older quarterback if you had the right team around them. That is only going to drive the price up. So you could get three first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers right now. Career high in touchdowns, winning the MVP, reasonable contract, copycat league. And that is just the first reason. All those sub-reasons are just the first reason why I think it would behoove the Packers to trade Aaron Rodgers. Number two, let's look at the team. Second year in a row, the Packers went 13-3. and Second year in a row, they fell short of the Super Bowl, losing in the NFC title game. Let's go back to last offseason one year ago. What happened? They go 13-3, right, in Matt LaFleur's first year, get blown out, blown out of the water by the 49ers, but they were close. 60 minutes away from the Super Bowl. What did they do that offseason? What moves did they make to get themselves over the hump to try to go all in and get to the Super Bowl and win the NFC title game to get to the big game and try to get Aaron Rodgers' second ring. Oh, yeah, that's right. Absolutely nothing. Wide receiver help. A desperate plea that even the most passive, casual NFL fan could see. Aaron Rodgers, and specifically this wide receiving group, needs a second option. Devonta Adams, incredible. Personally, I think he's the best wide receiver in the NFL in 2020. That's how great of a year he had. The issue is, behind him... There was a whole lot of average guys at best. Marquez Valdez-Scanlon, Alan Lazard, Equinemius St. Brown, all super inconsistent. Sure, they made some nice plays here and there. Neither of those guys could be relied upon to step up in a big moment. As we saw, that was part of the reason that led to the demise of the Packers falling in the NFC title game yet again this year. So wide receiver, a glaring, uh, a glaring need not addressed. Their run defense, their, their defense overall, totally gashed by the 49ers. Not addressed at all. And instead, in the draft, they had one eye on the future. Not only did they draft a quarterback in the first round, coming off a 13-3 year that saw them go to the NFC title game, they traded up in the first round to draft Jordan Love, a quarterback. In the second round, they drafted a running back, A.J. Dillon. Those two positions, quarterback and running back, were the two most sure positions on the field for the Packers in 2019 heading into 2020. They didn't try to fortify weaknesses. Instead, they started already building towards the future, thinking about life after Aaron Rodgers. So if last, last offseason, excuse me, they neglected the present, instead they focused on the future, what makes you think that after another 13-3 and year, after another season that saw them fall short in the NFC title game, what makes you think that now all of a sudden this offseason, they are going to go all in and try to win a Super Bowl? Why would anyone believe that? Why would anyone have faith 
Now, now this is the year the Packers are going to try to go all in. And 2021 is they are going to sell out to shore up all their weaknesses, give Aaron Rodgers the best chance to go win a Super Bowl. They didn't do it last year. No one foresaw an MVP season from Aaron Rodgers coming. So now, as you're another year closer to getting rid of Aaron Rodgers, because I don't believe they're going to sit Jordan Love long. With the way quarterback contracts are rising, you got to figure out the fifth-year option, and that's not exactly cheap. you got to get Jordan Love on the field, and you're going to have to do it soon. So personally, I still believe Aaron Rodgers, if he is kept on the team, it's going to be only for one more year. And then you're banking on Aaron Rodgers having a statistically similar season as this year, somehow, despite having the best year of his career, hoping that's enough to get them over the hump to go to the Super Bowl, and then you hope that maybe that's going to garner enough return to where you can get a few picks to help bolster the roster around Jordan Love. So I have no faith in this Packers front office that they will address the weaknesses of this team to try to win a Super Bowl in 2021. You didn't do it in 2020. I don't see them doing it in 2021. That's my second reason. And finally, the third and final reason, I'll ask you this question. What is the ceiling for the Packers next year? Because I, I thought, I mean, I feel like we're having this almost deja vu all over again. In 2020, this offseason, going to this year, I really thought the Packers were going to take a step back because everything broke right for them in 2020, at least, I mean, in 2019, so I thought. All right, 13 and 3. Excuse me. 13 and 3. But they never had a dominant performance. They really didn't have one area where they were overwhelmingly better than everyone else. They had a good record. But really, no area of the team that could back that up, back up that record. They go to the NFC title game. I personally thought that you know what, everything breaks right for you one year. It's going to kind of break the other way the next year, and it's not going to go well. Well, things broke even better in 2020 than they did in 2019. Again, no one foresaw Aaron Rodgers having an MVP season. He did. The NFC this year overall was not as formidable as the AFC. So that allowed you to get the number one seed. You got home field advantage, and you got the the only buy in the NFC in the playoffs. Every advantage the Packers ever could have wanted to try to make a run at the Super Bowl, they had. They had the MVP quarterback. They had an NFC that was more wide open than the AFC, right? You didn't have to go through Patrick Mahomes. You didn't have to go through Josh Allen. The NFC was up and down, and you were able to take advantage of a banged-up Saints team with Drew Brees, a Rams team with Jared Goff that just flat-out stinks, the Seahawks with Russell Wilson never figuring out in the second half, and you had an aging 43-year-old Tom Brady going into Lambeau Field. Your house, for the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career, where he started a game and the NFC title game was at home at Lambeau Field. You rested up because you had a bye that no other team had. And despite all those breaks going the right way, including the greatest quarterback in the NFL throwing three consecutive interceptions, they still fell short. Still missed out on the Super Bowl. Still couldn't get to the big game. So let me ask you this. If everything that possibly could have gone right in 2020 happened, and it did, are we really going to bank on the fact that this is going to happen again in 2021? Are we really going to rely on Aaron Rodgers having another MVP-type season where the NFC maybe is still wide open? For me, next year, you truly could take advantage and get to the Super Bowl. Like To me, everything that went their way this year, I don't see that being a guarantee next year. At all. 
So even when everything breaks right, even when everything goes your way if you're a Packers fan, you still fall short. I think that's a ceiling for Green Bay. They just can't break through. They are not a Super Bowl team. So because personally, I think the, the Packers hit their ceiling, which is the NFC title game, because they already had an eye focused on the future last year, and I think that that's going to happen again this year. I don't have faith that all of a sudden now they're going to reverse course and now try to go all in on 2021 and forget the future for a second. And because the haul that you would get back trading Aaron Rodgers this offseason will never be higher. You have a depreciating asset that are only going to go down in value the longer you hold on to him. I think it would behoove the Packers to trade Aaron Rodgers this offseason. You heard, I just played it to you before. Mark Murphy, president of the Packers, saying we'd be idiots if we traded Aaron Rodgers. No, Mark, I think you'd be idiots if you held on Aaron Rodgers. You made this bet. You drafted Jordan Love. You did this to yourself. Now it's time to line the bet that you made. So you heard my stance. You hear my thoughts. I think it can be in the Packers' best interest now. Rip the bandit off. Get it over with. You want to go to Jordan Love. He has the future. Get to it now. Get some draft picks back that you can try to bolster this roster with to try to get Jordan Love going forward in the right direction. And realize, if you're not going to go all in, this team has hit their ceiling. So, here's your thoughts. Should the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers? Would it be in the best interest of Green Bay to trade the league MVP of 2020, arguably the best quarterback to ever play for the Packers, and get on with the future of Jordan Love? Facebook, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Twitter, WWSRN underscore radio. Also on Twitter, at Ryan Hickey Show. Tweet your thoughts. You can write on Periscope, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Get your thoughts there. Facebook, you can comment on the live stream, Worldwide Sports Network. Should the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers? Would it be in their best interest? We'll get your thoughts. And when we come back, I disagree with what's going on with, with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I don't like the way they're handling it. In Los Angeles, they also are handling their quarterback situation, but in a completely different manner. And I agree with everything that goes on. I'll tell you why. Next, it is the Ryan Hickey Show right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It, it is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio. Welcome back to the Ryan Hickey Show, right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We are back here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network until 11 a.m. Eastern. Hour and 20 minutes or so, but who's counting? Actually, not even an hour 20. That's the last time I try to do quick math on this show. Did not go to school for math, that is for sure. But... As you heard the deep voice guy say, we are back here on the Worldwide Sports Network. Here's the Ryan Hickey Show discussing, would it be the best move? Would it be wise for the Packers to trade Aaron Rodgers? My answer is yes. For a ton of different reasons, the haul they would get back is would never be greater than it is right now. Last year, you know, go or I should say last offseason going into this season, Despite going 13-3, and three, the Packers still looked towards the future, did not go all in and try to win a Super Bowl, did not get that piece two or three, if you will, um, try to get them over the hump to get to the Super Bowl. Instead, they started looking for the future. They started preparing for life after Aaron Rodgers. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. 
Ran, uh, the Packers fooled everyone the first time by trading up to draft Jordan Love. You're not fooling me again. I'm not going into this offseason believing the Packers are going to do whatever it takes to get over the hump to get another Super Bowl. You had your shot last year. You didn't do it. Flat out, I don't want to say they got lucky that Aaron Rodgers had a career season, but at the same time, they weren't accounting for it. No one could have seen Aaron Rodgers exploding in year two in a matter of the floor and having statistically some of the best stats he's ever had in his career. So in some ways, even though I think this year was way more legit than last year in terms of being legitimate threats, this almost feels like the Packers kind of got lucky a little bit. And now, despite that, I don't think that they are going to go into 2021 trying to go all in on winning a Super Bowl. So if you're not going to do it, don't hold yourself back. Trade them. Start looking for the future and try to figure out what you got with Jordan Love. Because, again, that contract is going to come up sooner rather than later. You're going to trade, trade up in the first round to draft a quarterback and sit him for three, four years. That's just not going to happen. you got to be realistic. They knew what they were doing. This is not all of a sudden, oh, boy, maybe we were wrong. Maybe we'll just hold on to him or trade Jordan Love. That's not happening. So this is the bed the Packers made. you got to line it. That's why I think it would be best in their interest, in the Packers' interest, to trade Aaron Rodgers. My guy Nick writes on Twitter. Well, he wrote a lot of things on Twitter. Of the blue light glasses, he says, Williamsburg, Hickey. I am not a hipster, I promise. I'm not trying to be a hipster. I'm trying to protect the eyes with blue light glasses. But you know what? Maybe this is a first time, last time sort of thing. One and done. Lauren Clark, hipster hickey. So maybe I, maybe I got to get out of these glasses. But Nick does write on Facebook. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, this year was way, as he writes, different than last year. Last year, their, their team stats weren't good, and they broke right and had a good record. Totally agree. 2019, if you could have a fraudulent 13-3 and team, that's what the Packers were in 2019. Nick saying 2020, they earned what they got, and they're actually a good team, and I agree with that. I'm not trying to insinuate the Packers got lucky, but what I am trying to say, though, is that they got lucky into a sense that they had Aaron Rodgers have one of the best seasons of his career, and no one kind of foresaw that coming because they did nothing to bolster the offense. They did nothing, despite him having a pedestrian year last year, they did nothing to help make his year two better. That was Aaron Rodgers being one of the most talented quarterbacks to ever play the game, having a career year. And that still, despite that, still wasn't good enough to get to a Super Bowl. So if you're not going to do whatever it takes, whatever positional need that needs help, if you're not going to address it, why are you wasting your time? Why are you going to do that whole song and dance of, hey, next year, you know, this is next year's year, we'll bounce back. But you don't put the necessary work in to get there. You don't add a bona fide second receiver, a second receiving, uh, a second receiving option, easy for me to say, to make life on Devonta Adams and Aaron Rodgers a little bit easier. Aaron Jones, free agent. Are they going to resign him? Probably not. There are some serious questions about this team heading to this offseason, and I don't foresee the Packers doing what it takes to ensure 2021 is a Super Bowl caliber roster, and that is just me. So for those reasons, I think it would be wise for the Packers. Rip the bandit off, get it over with, trade Aaron Rodgers, and move on.
look towards the future because they desperately want to get Jordan Love in there, as you can see, trading up to draft him. So Matt LaFleur coming in, want his own guy. Sooner you get to him, sooner you figure it out, the better. So take your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. Should the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers? Facebook, Worldwide Sports Right Network, you can comment on the live stream. Twitter, WWSRN underscore radio. Also on Twitter, at Ryan Hickey Show. So we get your thoughts. So as I'm trying to update the stream right here, as you can see, doing two things at once is very easy. Should the Rams trade Jared Goff? That is the next question. Because I do want to get into what the Rams are doing. Because we just talked about the Packers, and I just played you Mark Murphy, the president of the Packers, saying we would be idiots, essentially, if we traded Aaron Rodgers. They are at least trying to right now put up a front, put up a facade that, hey, we want to keep our franchise quarterback. We want to keep the MVP of the league in Green Bay for another year. Well, you know who's doing the opposite of what the Packers are doing? You know who's basically saying, telegraphing to the rest of the league, hey, guys, our quarterback, eh, questions. We're not feeling confident. If you're out there, if you want a quarterback and you're in the trade market, if you have a guy you're looking to offload, we will be in the market because we don't trust our guy. That is what is happening in Los Angeles with Sean McVay, the head coach of the Rams, Les Snead, the general manager of the Rams. Because they have gone out of their way this past month, even at times during this season, to not commit to Jared Goff being their starting quarterback in 2021. And honestly, I think the Rams are doing the right thing because they shouldn't commit to Jared Goff being the Rams quarterback in 2021. He hasn't proven anything to you that he could be trusted to get this team over the hump in the playoffs and be a legitimate Super Bowl threat, despite having a roster that absolutely is. There's no more defense in the NFL. A top five defense in literally every single defensive category you could find. Pass defense, run defense, points per game, total defense. They were all there in the top five. You had the defense to do it. You had the running game. Fourth most efficient run game in the NFL. But you know what they didn't have that held them back? A quarterback to take them over the top. So why commit to a guy that you don't believe in? That you don't believe can make your team better? Sean McVay's not believing in him. And the other day, Tuesday, Les Snead, the Rams GM, had a uh, press conference. He was asked multiple times by reporters, is Jared Goff your guy going forward. Can you guarantee that Jared Goff is even going to be on the roster in 2021? And one last time, he gave some non-committal answers. He was asked one final time, hey, Les, you got to realize, you don't say Jared Goff's your starter in 2021. There's going to be an entire offseason of stories of speculations that you're either going to trade him or try to bring someone else in here to be your quarterback that's not Jared Goff. I'm giving you an opportunity, the reporter said, to set the record straight, to basically quiet those stories and say, hey, Jared Goff is our starter in 2021. Here's what Les Snead had to say to that. Oh, Jared Goff's the he's a he's a Ram right right now. So what's the date? <laughs> look at that's January 26. I mean, that's that's a fact. That's obvious. He's right. I mean, he's number two in wins. Him and Sean have partnered together. I mean, that's it. I mean. Tom Brady's got more. And the, the things Tom Brady's doing, I don't even know if I can put that in words. I mean, so, uh, 
that's been a heck of a partnership. What I do know is, and I think the the real thing that should come out of this is, hey, we want to be a better offense. And that that includes Jared. That includes Jared for now. Today, as you heard, it is January 26th when he said this two days ago. Jared Goff is a Ram right now. Could you be any less committed on something? Could you imagine if your boss, yeah, you are, a, you are lead advisor. You are our lead tax guy. You are the boss today, right now, insinuating that, hey, that subject's changed. You mess up, you're out. If I find someone better than you, you're out. So sure, right now as you sit here in the present day, when this was you know taken two days ago on January 26th, Sure, Jared Goff's our starter on January 26th. You couldn't have it any more obvious and blatant that this team does not trust Jared Goff, does not believe in Jared Goff, and does not want Jared Goff back in 2021, at least as a starter. So it's obvious. They will do whatever it takes. A trade, most likely a trade, or signing free agent, although it's not much. We'll get to that in a second. The free agent quarterback market's not great. But most likely trade, because they don't have a first-round pick, remind you, from the Jalen Ramsey trade. So you can't even draft a quarterback. They will do whatever it takes to get someone not named Jared Goff in there to compete for the starting position. So I agree with what the Rams are doing. I agree with what the Rams are saying. No reason to commit. And do everything you can to try to find somebody else. Because guess what? Jared Goff, since going to the Super Bowl, has regressed. And he's regressed and taken a bigger step back than even Carson Wentz has in Philly. Because at least for Carson Wentz, this was only a one-year slide. 2019, he was a main reason and the, the number one reason why the Eagles just flat out made the playoffs. All the injuries around him, he still was able to lead the team to the playoffs. Obviously, they didn't win. But he was there at least good enough to take him there. Jack Goff, it's been a two-year slide. Let's look at some of his stats. Super Bowl year in 2018, he threw for 32 touchdown passes. Next year, he followed up with throwing for 22 touchdown passes. This past season, 20 touchdown passes. Interceptions. 2018 is Super Bowl year, 12 interceptions. Last year, he followed up with throwing 16 interceptions. And this past year, 13. And passer rating, finally, 101.1 passer rating. The year the Rams went to the Super Bowl back in 2018. Last year, followed up 80. Oh, I'm sorry, 2019. 86.5 last year, 90 on the dot. All of his stats have fell since the Super Bowl run, and they have been lower the last two years than they have back in 2018. And you ready for the most damning statistic we can say about Jared Goff? In his last 31 starts, he has committed 38 turnovers. That is not a ratio you want to have. 38 turnovers to 31 starts is not what you want to be doing. That is the absolute holy smokes. Holy cow. We have some breaking news, folks. And it is not surprising. Adam Schefter, seven minutes ago. Deshaun Watson has officially requested a trade from the Houston Texans per sources. He actually did it weeks ago. Their new head coach hiring, David Culley, has not and will not alter Watson's thinking. It has happened. Deshaun Watson is getting out of town. Here's what we'll do. We'll take a quick break, collect some thoughts, we'll get some information. 
When we come back, we'll react to this big-time news. Deshaun Watson is on the trade market. Do you want your team to get him? We'll react to it next. It is Ryan Hickey Show right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It, it is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Welcome back to the Ryan Hickey Show, right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Back here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. One hour, one hour to go. As a reminder, we are always coming to you live from the Big Italy Pizzeria Studios. Great pizza, hot heroes, and phenomenal dinners. Check out Big Italy Pizzeria in person in Medford. Joe's Pizzeria in Bayshore or online wherever you are in this country at BigItalyPizza.com. So I didn't mean to stop on a dime there. Just drop what we were talking about with Jared Goff. We will get back to that conversation uh, sooner. I do also want to talk about Matthew Stafford. I know my guy C.J. Simone has written on Facebook about Matthew Stafford. We didn't have time to get into it on, uh, on Monday show, and I want to get into it here. Um, but we do have to discuss the big-time breaking news as Adam Schefter drops a bomb on the sports world. And that is Deshaun Watson. Yeah, as we know, I should you know, rewind a little bit. Last night, late night, the Texans make a, a head coaching hiring. His name is David Culley. Little-known assistant, been around the league, 27 years of experience. Um, but his greatest qualities, according to reporters who either covered the teams that he worked on or spoken to sources um, that were close to the Texans, he is a big culture builder. He is someone that connects with players. He is someone that at least is able to create a, a positive culture that, frankly, hasn't been in Houston for the last few years when Bill O'Brien um, and that regime was taking over. And that was Deshaun Watson's biggest request for the next head coach was, hey, we need someone in here who can be a leader, who can create a positive culture for us to follow. Forget all the backstabbing, all the lying, all the deceit that happened with Bill O'Brien during his time and, and his rise to power within the organization over the past few years. We need someone that we can trust, that, that has the good of the franchise first. What's good for the franchise first, uh, that's his motivation Forget selfishness. And that, from what you hear, is David Coley's strengths. Well, despite that, even, you know, you had Chris Morton before reporting weeks ago that the head coaching hire is irrelevant to Deshaun Watson. He will, he will probably want out no matter who is hired. And that has come to fruition. 13 minutes ago, Adam Schefter tweeted, Deshaun Watson officially has requested a trade from Houston Texans per league sources. He did this actually weeks ago, is what Schefter said. And obviously, the head coach hiring, David Culley, did not have any impact on Watson's thinking. He went on to say, Deshaun Watson hasn't spoke to new Texans general manager Nick Casario, nor executive Jack Easterby. He is moving on and now is waiting to see where his NFL future takes him. 
So the hiring has done nothing to keep Watson in Houston. Now, again, not too surprising. But with that said now, two things. One, I do this. I said this to start the show. The Texans, to me, did the right thing in hiring David Culley because they hired somebody whose main goal wasn't to keep Deshaun Watson in town, wasn't convincing him to stay. It was being able to resonate with the entire team because guess what? It seemed like he wasn't going to stay. If you had a Hail Mary hire to try to do whatever you could to keep Deshaun Watson in town, and it didn't work if he was just so fed up with the organization that no matter whoever you hired, Eric Bieniemy, whatever head coach, Jabbo Sweeney, whatever head coach Deshaun Watson wanted, he was so fed up with the organization that he wanted out. So it's a good thing, at least in my mind, that you hired somebody that, even if he did leave, could still command the respect of the entire team. His message wouldn't be lost to the other 52 guys because the main guy he was brought there to keep there isn't there anymore in Deshaun Watson. So he could connect to players. He's a positive culture creator. I like that. And I, that's why, again, despite having no clue who this guy is, I'm not going to pretend I know who David Culley is. Heard of him last week. That's why, at least to me, the traits that he has are good for the Texans. With that said now, now looking at it, right? Because this is a done deal. This, the, this request has happened. He is now playing another snap in Houston. You don't make this request and come back for it and take it back. He is done. So now the question is, where does he get traded and how much does he get traded for? I want to bring up an argument I said a few weeks ago. Back on January 14th, so exactly two weeks from today, before anything was known, before anything was certain, we discussed why, you know what? It looks like Deshaun Watson is going to get out of town. Texans won't be able to keep him. And now with that in mind, how many teams could justify not trading for Deshaun Watson? Would you want your team to trade for Deshaun Watson? Before, I don't want to say it's a pipe dream, but, you know, there was uncertainty. There's always the thought in the back of the head that, hey, maybe they'll figure this out. Texans aren't dumb enough to screw this up where you're going to have the owner of the team single-handedly drive away the franchise quarterback. Because think about it. Deshaun Watson is requesting a trade, not because he's fed up with the results on the field, not because he didn't like the head coaching hire. He is fed up because of the process that this team has had in hiring their general manager, basically saying, this is what we're going to do, Sean. We're going to include you. We want to hear your input. We want to learn from the mistakes that we made that really took down this organization this past year or two, and we want to fix that. We want to go in the other direction. And instead, they, they heard, they listened out, they listened to what Deshaun Watts had to say. There was no ultimatum that, hey, you got to hire the guy I say. It was, we want, your imp- we want your input, we'll take it into consideration, and we will decide. And then instead, what happened? Cal McNair said, thank you, but you know what? We're going to listen to Jack Easterby. We're going to hire Nick Casario. We're not going to tell you. You're going to find out on social media, just like everybody else, and Sean Watson said, you know what? Screw it. I'm done. I've done this song and dance before. I've done this last year where Bill O'Brien trades DeAndre Hopkins, doesn't even give me a heads up. You tell me, you lie to my face, and this is going to be different now. Things are changing. Times are different. And then you just go run back your same old ways. Same thing happens. Like I said, fool me once, shame on you. Sh- fool me twice, shame on me. Deshaun Watson was fooled last year. 
Bill O'Brien pulled the rug out, out underneath uh, from underneath him, pulled the rug out from everyone, really, in the NFL by trading DeAndre Hopkins for, let's call it for what it is, crap. They got nothing back. So they fooled Deshaun there. Shame on the organization. He's not getting fooled again. They tried to do the old okey-doke. Yeah, we're listening to Deshaun. And then here's Jack Easterby in, in Cal McNair's ear saying, hey, we got to get Nick Casario. We're going to forget what the search firm says. Forget what Deshaun Watson says. We're going to do what I want to do. And Cal McNair listened. So good for Deshaun Watson wanting out. He's absolutely valid in his, um, his, uh, his uh, demands. And he's doing the right thing in getting the hell out of town. So now, let's look at the rest of the NFL. Because now, guess what? It's not a pipe dream. It's not a one in a million shot here. This is a 26-year-old quarterback by the time next season starts on the market for any and every team to get. So I'll ask you a very obvious question. And really, I'm more interested in those if they don't agree what their reasoning is. But do you want your team to trade for Deshaun Watson? They made this argument a few weeks ago. I want to bring it back up because I think it's obviously very relevant now. In my mind, there's only one team now out of the rest of the 31 that could justify not trading for Deshaun Watson. That is obviously the Chiefs. Deshaun Watson would not be an upgrade in Kansas City over Patrick Holmes. That is obvious. But in every other situation, for all the other 30 teams in the NFL taking the Texans out and taking the Chiefs out, Deshaun Watson is an upgrade at every other quarterback position in the NFL for one of three reasons. His age, his production, his consistency. Let's start with age and let's go right back to the source where we started the show and talked a lot about Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. I understand Aaron Rodgers coming off an MVP season. Again, you just heard me explain the reasons why I think it would be smart for the Packers to trade Aaron Rodgers. If you are able to trade Aaron Rodgers and you get three first-round picks back, wouldn't you want to use those picks to try to bring in a bona fide stud quarterback into Sean Watson? Are you going to trust Deshaun Watson? Three Pro Bowls in three years, top five quarterback in the NFL. Or are you going to trust Jordan Love, a guy who didn't even dress at all this season. He wasn't even good enough to be the backup. So while I think it, it's the, the Packers won't cut bait for Jordan Love in favor of Aaron Rodgers, when you, draft, or when you trade for a guy who is 11 years younger than Aaron Rodgers that can keep your championship window open a decade longer, you do it. So despite Aaron Rodgers having a better season and being an overall better quarterback than Deshaun Watson, I still think because of age, he opens up your championship window for longer he would be an upgrade over Aaron Rodgers. I don't have to explain, really, Pittsburgh, why he'd be an upgrade over Big Ben. New Orleans, why he'd be an upgrade over Drew Brees, which I don't think he's even going to come back. Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. Tampa Bay, even with Tom Brady, despite what he's doing, again, you open up your championship window for a lot longer with Deshaun Watson than you do with Tom Brady. Even Seattle. Both the dysfunction that's going on there, Russell Wilson getting older. Not that he's, he's old. I believe he's 31. Still, five years younger, you're able to keep your window open in Seattle for longer. So H, he is a, a upgrade over every other quarterback with, with an older guy there. Consistency, flat out, let's call for what it is. He is more consistent than Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Jimmy G. 
consistency, he's more consistent than all those guys and has more talent than all those guys. He's been in the league four years now, Deshaun Watson. Three of them healthy. I remember he tore his ACL seven games into his rookie year. Hasn't gotten hurt since. Well, he hasn't missed a significant amount of time, I should say. He's gotten hit because he's gotten just crushed behind that horrendous offensive line. But he has been to the Pro Bowl all three years he's been healthy, even this year, despite having the worst team in the NFL. He had by far, the, the Texans assembled by far, the worst roster in the NFL. If you take Deshaun Watson off that team, they are going 0-16 and it's not even close. So 4-12 is a minor miracle. Not to mention, he made three, th- three Pro Bowls in three years, despite the coaching declining as he's, he's gone on. Let's just call for what it is. I like Bill O'Brien. I think he's a, he's a good play caller. But when it comes to being a general manager, he's, he's horrendous. When it comes to personnel moves, he's terrible. And he flat out seemed distracted trying to do two jobs at once. So the coaching got worse as his career went on. The team itself got worse as his career has gone on. Let's, I mean, again, you traded away DeAndre Hopkins just past the year. Instead, you replaced DeAndre Hopkins with Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller got busted for PEDs, and um, um, Randall Cobb. You replaced him also with David Johnson, an injury-prone running back, who, since he got paid from the Cardinals, has not been anywhere near worth the money. Team has gotten worse. Coaching has gotten worse. Deshaun Watson has gotten better. All those guys listed, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Jimmy G, all have had up and down in their career, peaks and valleys. They've gotten, and they have had team success more than Deshaun Watson, right? Lamar Jackson, individual success, won an MVP. Josh Allen got to the AFC title game somewhere Deshaun Watson hasn't gotten to. Carson Wentz helped lead his team and would have won the Super, uh, would have won the MVP if he stayed healthy. Jared Goff's played in the Super Bowl. Jimmy G has played in the Super Bowl. With that said, none of those guys are, are as consistent that uh, as Deshaun Watson has been. So that's why, at least in my mind, for the Bills, the Ravens, the Browns, Titans, Eagles, 49ers, Rams, Deshaun Watson is an upgrade over all of those guys. He is steadily improving and growing and doing so at a very consistent rate. And finally, speaking of talent, I mentioned it before. He is more talented than the other group of quarterbacks that are left. Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Tua Tungvaloa, Kyler Murray. Hell, I even throw Justin, uh, I mean, Charles Lawrence in this mix. Because, again, despite what I talked about with the team getting worse and the coaching getting worse, Deshaun Watson got better. So this year in 2020 specifically, they went 4-12. and Obviously, in the offseason, he lost DeAndre Hopkins like we just mentioned. So not only do you lose your number one receiver, one of the best receivers in the game, you also have the second worst rushing offense in the NFL. And you have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL because Deshaun Watson got sacked the second most times in the NFL. So despite having an awful offensive line, a non-existent run game, and you lose your number one option and one of the best receivers in the NFL, Deshaun Watson still, this season, led the NFL in passing yards. 4,823. The number one passer in the NFL in terms of yards is Deshaun Watson. He was second in passer rating behind Aaron Rodgers. And if I'll go back to a stat I mentioned before. Aaron Rodgers had a 
passer rating this year. Not only was that number one in the league this year, that was the second highest in NFL history. The second highest passer rating in NFL history is the only passer rating this year that beat Deshaun Watson. He threw for a career-high 33 touchdown passes. Not only was he throwing more touchdown passes, he threw for a career-low seven interceptions. And, again, despite losing a vacuum, because that's what DeAndre Hopkins was, right? He was a vacuum. You throw the ball anywhere in his area, he's sucking it up. He's catching the ball. One of the most sure-handed receivers in the game. But despite taking him away, Deshaun Watson still the third highest completion percentage in the NFL this year at 70.2. It also was a career high. So let me ask you this question. If you're on the fence about wanting your team to trade for Deshaun Watson, thinking that you know maybe three first-round picks is a little too much of a, um, of a haul to give up, if you will. What other quarterback in the NFL when you lose one of the best receivers in the NFL, when you have literally no run game, so the, every team knows the pass is coming, and the offensive line is a sieve to where you have no protection. What other quarterback in the NFL is leading the league in yards thrown, is second in passer rating, throws for a career high in touchdown passes, throws for a career low in interceptions, has the highest completion percentage of his career that also happens to be the third highest in the NFL? Like, honestly, how, how many other quarterbacks are saying that? How many other teams are saying that, hey, if our team goes to crap, our quarterback will still rise up and be one of the best in the NFL? Outside of the Chiefs, no one else can say that. That's why, as we sit here, and Adam Schefter, just, if you're just tuning in, he just Adam Schefter just reported a few minutes ago, Deshaun Watson has officially requested a trade from the Texans. What other team... Outside of the Chiefs can justify not trading for Deshaun Watson. My answer is no one. I don't care who you are. The Bills? Yeah, he's an upgrade over Josh Allen. The Ravens? He's an upgrade over Lamar Jackson. Packers? Deshaun Watson is an upgrade over Aaron Rodgers. I can go on and on and on. I'm sorry, you're not going to find a team that you can convince me Deshaun Watson wouldn't be an upgrade for Either age, in terms of being young at 26, opening up a Super Bowl window that's longer than your current quarterback has. You can't, you can't, so either age, consistency, despite the team getting worse around him, he's been to the Pro Bowl every single year he's been healthy. And a flat-out production. You took away his most important weapon, you had no semblance of a run game, and he had one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, and he's still led the league or was close to the league in a lot of categories and had career highs and passing touchdowns, career lows and interceptions. He is a better alternative for now if you take out the, T, uh, the Chiefs and you take out the Texans because they want to trade him. He is a better alternative for every other of the 30 teams in the NFL. You can't sit here in my mind and tell me Deshaun Watson is not worth it. If you're the Jets, if you're the Dolphins, if you're any team right now, you, I'm sorry, cannot convince me that your court, uh, current quarterback situation is better without Deshaun Watson than it would be with it. So that said, yeah. You absolutely do this move. You absolutely call them up and say, how many first-round picks do you want? Sure, no problem, let's do it. Let's do it. So when we come back, what teams realistically should do it? What teams realistically 
with Deshaun Watson now will change the fortunes going forward. We'll discuss that next. It is the Ryan Hickey Show right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Huh. There we go. On the, on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Ryan Hickey Show. Right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back into the Ryan Hickey show right here. Very appropriate. Feel like to come back with this song because you know what? You know what is happening right now down in Houston? Hell. The bells are ringing because the hell convention is in town. This is a death con five. You just witnessed, if you're a Texans fan, if you're even in the organization, you witnessed your owner, Cal McNair, single handedly drive your franchise quarterback, drive one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, a great guy in the community, a great guy on the field, a great leader off the field, out of town. Unprecedented. We have never seen anything in the NFL like we're about to witness right now. Remember last year when a lot of the interest, a lot of the, um, a lot of the intrigue was about Tom Brady. Now, at 42 years old when he was on the market last year, the interest was because someone of that caliber really, for the most part, has never been on the free agent market. Now, it's a little different Sean Watson being on the trade market. But you never, especially recently, ever see any quarterback with talent given up on. Not even given up on, available. That's what I should say, because he wasn't given up on. The quarterback position is the most important position in sports. It's also the hardest to find. And with that said, the Texans were able to do the right thing. They traded up. They identified Deshaun Watson back in the 2017 draft. They identified him as the guy. We need him. We need him for our team. Trade up. Got him. And not only did they get him, they got it right. It was a superstar selection. Because he has proven to be everything worth his weight in gold and more. And now, starting with really with Bill O'Brien trading away DeAndre Hopkins last year, not telling him about it, kind of setting the wheels in motion for him to be disgruntled. And then having Cal McNair, the owner of the Texans, reach out for Deshaun Watson's input, listen to what he said, then do the complete opposite of what he said. Almost, it felt like on the outside, and you read some of these reports, and you read kind of how the way the Texans handled some of their, their doings, Almost like they did some of their moves in spite of Deshaun Watson. Despite him. To get back at their franchise quarterback for whatever reason. And now, hell has come. The day has finally come. Adam Schefter just reporting about a half hour ago, Deshaun Watson has officially requested a trade from the Houston Texans. He is on the market. And more importantly, fans of other teams, he has a no-trade clause. So he essentially can determine where he wants to go. I just made the argument before. I've said this a few times, and I'm gonna, I wanted to bring it up to kind of hit home here. No team outside of the Chiefs can justify not trading for Deshaun Watson. Age, production, consistency. Any of those three factors, he's an upgrade for all of the other 30 teams in the NFL. So there's no excuse in not getting it done. 
So there's zero excuse why your team should not try to get a trade done. There's no excuse justifying that the trade value is too much. Because guess what? This never happens, and there is no such thing as a price too high right now for a 26-year-old franchise quarterback that all he's done is produce in some of the worst situations possible. So I'm doing whatever it takes. As a Colts fan, I'll say this. It's obviously not realistic for them to trade for Deshaun Watson, barring the ultimate incompetence that they would trade him in division. I, If he was available and they technically said eight first-round picks for Deshaun Watson, I would do it in a heartbeat. Eight first-round picks, if he was to go to the Colts, I would sign up in a second if I was Chris Bauer, their general manager, because these guys don't grow on trees. And he can, he can be the difference and will be the difference for most teams in trying to win a Super Bowl or not. So what teams realistically can do it? And more importantly, I guess we'll ask this question. What would you give up? Trade-wise, what would you give up if you are a fan of a team that is desperate for a quarterback, which again, to me, every other team outside the Chiefs should be interested in desperate for Deshaun Watson. What would you give up? My guy, CJ DeSimone. Names how familiar he's out. He's been on the show, but more importantly, he's our expert resident Jets fan here on the Worldwide Sports Network. Does an awesome job with Weapons Hot every Sunday night at 7 Eastern. Right here on the Worldwide Sports Network. So if you download the app, you can get it. Like us on Facebook, Worldwide Sports Network. Follow us on Twitter, WWSRN underscore radio. That's you can find CJ each and every Sunday night. He chimes in on Facebook, being the Jets fan that he is. And CJ knows. There's a report out there from Armando Salgura. Works at the Miami Herald, Dolphins guy, but also a national reporter for the NFL. Said that the list for Deshaun Watson, because again, because he has a no trade clause, he has power to basically say, this is where I want to go make it happen. The list, the wish list for Deshaun Watson, number one, the Jets. Number two, the Dolphins. So CJ writes, if the Jets were going to make a move for Watson, now would be the time to do it, test the market. He writes, I don't believe three number ones will be the price. I think it could be less than that thoughts. CJ, I do disagree. I think three number one picks is the bare minimum. And when I say three number ones be the bare minimum, for a team like the Jets, I think you can get away with three. Because not only do the Jets have, you know, they have the number two pick in the NFL. So trading... Four first-round picks, but let's say for a team that's good like the 49ers or the Rams when you're picking late in the 20s, is different than having the number two overall pick at your doorstep. So for the Jets, I think they could probably get away with three first-round picks, maybe a second, something else in there. But personally, CJ thinks that he can, you can get Sean Watson for less than three. I think... Personally, just my opinion, I think three is the absolute bare minimum the Texans should get back and should want to get back. No, look, they don't have a choice right now in trading Deshaun Watson, but with that said, you got to get the value back. And there is enough of a market to where even though everyone in the league knows you have to trade Deshaun Watson, you still have leverage. Because again, like I said, all 30 teams should be in on trying to trade for Deshaun Watson. So you could still get some great value back for a guy that, again, is 26 years old, is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Is everything right on the field? Is everything right off the field? So it is. I feel gutted for Texans fans because that to think your team did everything the right way. You identified him. You traded him. You got him. You, you gave him the contract. There was no fighting over contract extensions. This was 
We got them. We're doing everything right. And to watch your owner single-handedly drive a divide between them has to be infuriating. So you never get even value back. With that said, you can still get some, some very good picks back. And if you're the Jets, I think you do it. 100%. Not even a question. I think that is, if the, if the price is four, I'd do it in a heartbeat. If the, if the price is five, even if I'm the Jets, I'd do it. Because don't forget, if you're specifically here for the Jets, you still have two first-round picks from the Seahawks. You still have other avenues to where your entire draft capital wouldn't be wiped out if you give up four first-round picks. It's like you wouldn't be drafting in the first round again for a while. You'd still be drafting in the first round this year or next year. And if they, they want four first-round picks, two this year, two next year, okay, fine. Because guess what? You'll be fine with Deshaun Watson. And you still have other opportunities to draft a guy very high. Or, or dra- you still have draft capital in the other rounds to build a team around Deshaun Watson. And not to mention, you have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You won't be drafting that high anymore. So the Jets absolutely should do it. Dolphins absolutely should do it. And interesting about the Dolphins, being, again, number two on the list of the report that Armando Sargura um, put out there saying that the wish list for Deshaun Watson is Jets 1, Dolphins 2. Dolphins, and we've heard reports about this in Red Reports, that because Deshaun Watson values culture a lot. He loves what Brian Flores has built in there, the culture Miami. He wants to go down there. I think the Dolphins absolutely should do it. They have the number three overall pick, which, <laughs> oh, how Texans would this be? The number three overall pick the Dolphins have is the Texans pick from the Laramie Tuntle trade. Because don't forget, the Dolphins are 10-6. and six. They're picking in the 20s. But thankful, thankfully to that great trade that Bill O'Brien, desperate for a left tackle to protect Deshaun Watson, did trade two first-round picks for Larry Thompson and Kenny Stills. That first-round pick is this year, and that, again, is the number three overall pick. So could you imagine Miami is part of the package deal, giving Houston back its first-round pick? But, yeah, in terms of price, I think three is the bare minimum. Four, could it be even better? I think, I think if I'm the Texans, I'm trying to go for four. And I think they will get four. Because, again, draft picks are far from a guarantee. I did this, oh, what was it, last year, probably around the draft, when talking about tanking the NFL and why it doesn't work a lot of the time. Going back to 1998, when the Colts drafted Peyton Manning number one, only, I believe it's eight quarterbacks have reached the Super Bowl with their respective team that drafted them in the top 10. Top 10, not number one, top 10 since uh, 1998. So it is a crap shot. It is less than 20%. It is less than a one in five shot. You can get a first round pick in the top 10 correct. And now you have basically one on a silver platter. Getting offered up. Take them off our hands. We screwed up. Here is a gift from the football gods. So all those teams, not high enough to draft a quarterback, maybe not in love with the quarterback coming out here outside of Trevor Lawrence. I would do whatever it takes to make sure that that guy's on my team because you were going to get him for the long haul. There's also not to forget, he's 26. You can have him realistically for the next decade 
at least as your franchise quarterback. So four first-round picks, when you look back on it, it's going to look like chump change. If you want to do a Super Bowl or two, are you really going to be that upset that you gave up an extra first-round pick more than you wanted to? I mean, Jamal Adams. Let's, let's, let's just look at other trades. Jamal Adams traded from the Jets to the Seahawks, two first-round picks. Jalen Ramsey from the Jaguars to the Rams, two first-round picks. Deshaun Watson is worth a hell of a lot more than Jamal Adams, worth way more than Jalen Ramsey. Because, again, the quarterback position is the most important position in sports. So what are you giving up? I'm asking you, Facebook, Worldwide Sports Network, Twitter, WWSRN underscore radio, at Ryan Hickey Show, also on Twitter. What are you giving up to get a bona fide franchise quarterback, top five quarterback in the NFL, and a guy that you will have for the long haul? Three, CJ, my guy CJ writes on Facebook, three at the minimum. I mean, he, he thinks he can get him less from three. I'm saying three is the absolute bare minimum. And that is, to me, the three first I picks will only work if you are a team like either the Dolphins or the Jets. Because you have a top three pick. Jaguars as well. Jaguars, Jets, Dolphins could get away with three first round picks because those picks are so high and so valuable. You're going to get an elite, bona fide player. Most likely, maybe you can draft a quarterback, so at least you can have Deshaun Watson's replacement and try to get the fan base excited. Um, I put quotes on that because I don't see how you come back if you're a Texans fan. I would just be so disgusted, so infuriated. They'd have a tough time getting excited for whoever they brought in. But I think this is going to take a haul, and I'm telling you, don't be frugal with the picks. Don't be counting picks. Three first-rounders is worth it. Four first-rounders is worth it. You want to get crazy? You got, you, should we get nuts? Let's get nuts. Five first-round picks is worth it. If that is the price, you're doing it. If you are the Saints, if you're the 49ers, hell, if you're the Rams. Mortgage the future. Because guess what? You'll have this guy for a while. And you'll be Super Bowl contenders year in and year out. Look at, look at the NBA. The Nets recently just gave up every pick under the sun from now until 2028 for James Harden. Now, I question it more because of the caliber of player you're getting back, and I, and I personally still have doubts about James Harden's ability to work with Kevin Durant and more specifically Kyrie Irving. But you know what? You know what Nets fans won't be regretting? You know what Nets fans won't be thinking about? In 2026, when they don't have a first-round pick. In 2027, when they don't have a first-round pick. They're counting the two or three rings that they have on their finger. Because that's worth it. You trade those picks for championships. Who wouldn't cash in draft picks for championships? So I don't think, and I don't have faith it's going to work. The Brooklyn situation. No one is talking about how many picks they gave up if it works out. Why do we bring up the Brooklyn Nets trade back in, uh, was it 2013 with the Celtics when they traded for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and gave up like every pick under the sun for the next five years, six years? Because it didn't work. Because it failed miserably. They weren't even close, honestly. And they had to live with those repercussions for years and years and years to get reminded of it. But you will get reminded every single year that it worked if it does. That your team was smart enough, that took the risk, that identified talent, believed in what their, their system, believed in the team that they have, and believed in their ability 
to find talent to insulate Deshaun Watson without having a top 10 pick, without having a first round pick. That's why GMs get paid the big money anyway, right? I mean, honestly. Me and you could be the, the, the general manager of the Texans, uh, of the Jaguars right now, and take Trevor Lawrence. That, that takes no brain, and that takes no effort at all. But it's what you do in the fourth, fifth, sixth round pick. That's where general managers truly separate themselves. And you see the great ones constantly finding steals later on. Overlook guys. Figuring out how they fit into their system and making the best of their picks. Free agent or draft. So yeah, sure. First round picks, we always, oh man, can't trade all these picks. I'm telling you right now. Deshaun Watson is worth whatever you give up and more. As a Colts fan, I said before, I would give up eight first-round picks. If that was the price to trade him individually, which will never happen, if Nick Casario, the general manager of the Texans, called me up right now and said, Chris Ballard, that's the general manager of the Colts, and that, that, is, that is me. I'll play Chris Ballard right now. Hey, Chris, this is, uh, this is Nick. Yeah, if you didn't hear, um, unfortunately, Deshaun Watson, not great. We're going to have to try to move him. Um, hey, curious. Um, we have eight first, or you have a ton of first-round picks. If you give us eight, we'll give you Deshaun Watson right now. I could not say yes fast enough if I was a Colts general manager, Chris Ballard. Even if I'm 49ers, the Rams, the Saints, I'm giving up whatever it has to be to get this guy in the, in the building. Because you know what great coaches and great general managers do? They build around the guys. Insulating and putting talent around um, – General Watson would be the easy part for a lot of these teams. So why not do it? Why would you waste your time trying to hope and pray that one of these draft picks works out as good as Sean Watson? You have a bona fide star. You have a known quantity. Make it happen. So think your thoughts again. How many first-time picks would you give up? Whatever the answer is, it's not enough. I'm telling this guy's worth whatever you got to give up. 30 out of the 31 teams that the Texans are trying to trade Watson to, outside of the Chiefs, have no reason to justify why they shouldn't trade for Deshaun Watson. So get your thoughts. Facebook, Worldwide Sports Network, Twitter, WWSR, Radio underscore radio, at Ryan Hickey Show, also on Twitter. When we come back, where should Deshaun Watson go? Remember, he has a no trade clause. What will be the best destinations, best destinations for him? We'll discuss when the Ryan Hickey Show returns right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Ryan Hickey Show right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Wrapping up the show on a Thursday right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio. It is the Ryan Hickey Show with you for a few more minutes till 11 a.m. Eastern. The second hour has blown up. It has exploded. We've talked one thing and one thing only. Where is Deshaun Watson going to get traded to? Because guess what? No more speculation. No more what if. No more I wonder if they can patch up the relationship. It is over and done. Finito. Deshaun Watson is getting traded. Adam Schefter, ESPN, an hour ago reporting Deshaun Watson has officially, formally now, despite liking tweets, despite putting some cryptic tweets out there, has officially requested a trade away from the Houston Texans. 
And there is, once that is thrown out there, there's no coming back from that. Even early reports when there was some disgruntlement, they were saying Deshaun Watson has come short of not requesting a trade because he knows once that's out there, once he officially and formally requests to get traded from the Texans, there's no going back. And he has done it apparently, according to Shepard, this has been weeks ago. Every head coaching candidate that they interviewed knew this, this was going to happen, knew that Deshaun Watson was going to be on a different team in 2021. And now the public is finding out that this is officially happening and he will be elsewhere in 2021. So a few things. I'm asking, who wouldn't want to trade for Deshaun Watson? I made this argument two weeks ago, and I'm going to bring it back up here today. 31 teams, right, outside of the Texans now, have an opportunity to draft him, uh, to trade him. Outside of the Chiefs, the other 30 teams in my mind have no excuse, no justification for not trading for Deshaun Watson. Age, consistency, productivity. He is better than every other quarterback in one of those three categories that makes it worth a team trading him for and dumping their current quarterback. What would you give up to trade for Deshaun Watson? My guy, CJ DeSimone, again, weapons hot. Every Sunday night, 7 Eastern, right here on the Worldwide Sports Network. Take a listen. It's a great and tremendous Jets podcast. And guess what, Jets fans? You've had a lot to talk about recently. Adam Gase gone, Robert Sala hired, and now the Jets potentially front runners for getting Deshaun Watson. Remember, there was a report earlier this week, Armando Salgura, Miami Herald reporter, Dolphins reporter, but also National NFL reporter, put out, um, he said, according to his sources, Deshaun Watson has a list because he has a no-trade clause, so essentially he can determine where he wants to go. He can control his destiny. On top of that wish list, Jets won. Number two, the Dolphins. Jets won, Dolphins two. So the Jets right now, you are sitting pretty. You are currently, if this report is true, the number one destination for Deshaun Watson. So my guy, CJ, again, Weapons Hot, 7 Eastern, every Sunday night, Jets podcast, says he believes that you can get Deshaun Watson for less than three number ones. I personally think it's going to be, the bare minimum is going to be three. I disagree with that. I don't think you can possibly trade enough to get Deshaun Watson. I think three for a team like the Jaguars, a team like the Jets, and a team like the Dolphins, because they have such high picks, the bare minimum. The Texans should want back and should get back. Because again, I understand now, right, with it, with it, when a guy requests a trade, and CJ even puts this out here in terms of trying to lessen the leverage of the Texans, that they're in cap hell right now, the Jets could help them out. And that's absolutely true. Maybe the Jets could take on some bad contracts as well and free up the cap because right now the Texans don't have any draft picks. Right? Their first and second round pick are gone. They don't have any cap room because they're over the cap. Um, so they, they don't have much flexibility to improve their team. This is going to be a, an entire rebuild going over right now. And also, by the way, J.J. Watt's going to be traded. That's not a report. That's me giving an opinion. I think also look out for that. I think J.J. Watt now will also be traded. I don't, there's no way in hell he's going to want to stay in Houston. He is just as frustrated. So the, the, the day of reckoning is coming down there in Houston. So yes, well, CJ points out they're in Capella and need relief. While, yes, your leverage is hurt because now every other team in the league knows your quarterback wants out and you have to trade him. The Texans still have a lot of leverage because guess what? The interest in the market should be extremely high. Now, this is just my opinion. Again, I said 30 of the 31 teams should be interested. Obviously, that's not going to be the reality. 
But, I mean, honestly, sitting here, is it crazy that half the league is going to be interested? Half the league would try to get Deshaun Watson on their team somehow? So the leverage is there for the Texans to get, at the bare minimum, absolute bare minimum, three first-round picks back. First-round picks back. I think it's going to take four, honestly, maybe even five. Because we've never seen this before, and this guy is so talented and so young that whoever wants to invest in him, I think they're getting a bargain. Even at five first-round picks, I think personally it's a bargain. Because a bona fide number one quarterback, top five quarterback in the NFL has never become available before. So five first-round picks, in my mind personally, would be a steal. So with that said, what would you give up? To get Deshaun Watson, you can comment on Facebook, Worldwide Sports Network, or Twitter, WWSRN, before we get out of here. Who should be interested? Again, in, in my mind, I think every team outside the Chiefs should be interested. But where should Deshaun Watson want to go? Right? He, again, he has the power. He has a no-trade clause. He has the Jets on his number one, as his number one destination. He likes the hiring of Robert Sala, according to reports. Personally, if I'm Deshaun Watson, there's a lot better options out there than the Jets. To me, I think the Dolphins would be one of those teams that's a perfect fit. You like the culture of Brian Flores and what he has. The, the Dolphins have the draft capital in order to facilitate a deal with the Texans. Right, They have the number three overall pick, which happens to be the Texans pick. So you're giving it back to them, a freebie there, if you will. And obviously, as we saw with Tua struggling, now again, I, I did it. I still, I'm believing in Tua. I like Tua. No shot they should draft a quarterback at number three. But with that said, the opportunity to upgrade the quarterback position with a known quantity, with a top five quarterback, you do so. So I think the Dolphins would be in a tremendous fit for Watson. I think if you look in terms of the NFC, because that's another thing too, you got to look where the Texans want to trade him. I think a team like, if I'm Sean Watson, I look at a team like the Rams, who are openly trying to give every hint and indication that they are not committing to Jared Goff. The 49ers, who, in a similar vein, not as open, not as obvious, a little more discreet, but also have shown their frustration with Jimmy Garoppolo. Even the Saints. I understand the Saints are in cap hell. But I'm telling you, this is a guy you, you move pieces around. You make it work. Get Deshaun Watson in New Orleans, in San Francisco, in Los Angeles. Even a team, maybe I'm going a little, stretching a little bit, a little bit here, but even too with the Washington football team. Now I understand their front office ha- has a lot of chaos, and maybe if you're Deshaun Watson, you want to go to a more stable organization. But Ron Rivera is bringing some stability to that team. They still went the playoffs. Now again, seven nine record. I understand NFC East, blah 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 blah. Still went the playoffs. They have a tremendously talented front four, and really front seven. You have Terry McLaurin, who I like as a good receiver. You are desperately missing a quarterback. So sure, you wouldn't be instant Super Bowl contenders next year on the Washington football team. But there's a chance in two or three years, the the, the pieces, the foundational pieces are there. The division stinks. The NFC right now is wide open. I mean, honestly, how many teams do you feel confident in right now in the NFC? If we have to power rank it right now, the number one team in the NFC next year is the uh, Tampa Buccaneers. So yeah, the NFC is gettable. I think the Washington football team would be interesting for Deshaun. 
But if I'm him, I, I'm telling you, I'm trying to go to L.A. I'm trying to go to San Francisco. I'm trying to go to New Orleans. Washington, I think, would be interesting. I'm not going to Chicago, that is for sure. There is no shot in hell. I'm hitching my wagons to, to Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. I think Miami would be very intriguing. Even, even Pittsburgh. If I'm just showing Walter, you talk about stability, you talk about leadership, culture, a team that needs an injection, some really some life into that team and feels stale, especially with Big Ben. Steelers move off from Big, Big uh, Ben Roethlisberger. They are instant Super Bowl contenders with Deshaun Watson next year. So I understand, look, Deshaun put it, the Jets at number one. Personally, to me, I'd have a few more options above the Jets. Um, and I think he can get there as well. Um, so it's going to be fascinating. Absolutely fascinating to see where Deshaun Watson ends up going and the price he gets. I can't wait to see this play. It's going to be very, very interesting. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Ryan Hickey Show. Appreciate all you who tuned in. Appreciate all of you who commented on Facebook. Hopefully you like the, the blue light glasses. I'm not sure. Maybe they'll be a one and done, at least on the show. I promise you I'm wearing them more for my eyes than anything else. Not, not for style. Um, but we, we do appreciate some of the, the funny comments. We do appreciate watching and listening. Hopefully this makes your Thursday a little bit more enjoyable. So if you can't get in on GameStop or AMC, hopefully, you know, at least, you know, if money's not going to do it, hopefully this, this show will do it for you. So, again, keep it locked and loaded right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. A ton of great shows coming up um, all throughout the weekend. So make sure to download the app, WWSRN. Uh, on iOS, Worldwide Sports Network, and Android. Follow us on Twitch, WWSRN underscore radio. Twitter, WWSRN underscore radio. Facebook, Worldwide Sports Network. YouTube, Worldwide Sports Network. Like us, follow us. You'll get all the content, every single show we do right here on the Worldwide Sports Network. So enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. Stay sane. We'll talk to you on Monday right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.